0: All right, my name is Kevin Deming. I'm the adult life pastor here at The Ridge. And the areas that I oversee include a lot of the next steps for adult ministries. And uh, that includes a lot of getting connected here at The Ridge and serving and and getting connected into groups and all this thing. So you'll see coming in January, as we start 2019, that uh, there'll be a lot of opportunities for that. So stay tuned as you head into the new year about ways you can really make next steps and connect here at The Ridge. Uh, Let's pray me, Father, God, I thank you so much for your grace, your truth, your love. I thank you, God, that you're God. I thank you, God, that even though we go through hard things, we go through tough things in life, we can rest and know that you are there. And as the song talked about, it is well with my soul that, Lord, I can know that as I walk with you and, and experience you, that the hard moments can be uh, good moments for you to do a lot in my life, and I can rest in you in that and find peace. We thank you, God, for your grace and your truth and your love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, there was a, a passenger riding to the airport in a cab or Uber, you can, whichever way you want to say it, but he was on his way to the airport. And uh, he was riding, he, about halfway there, he knew he had a question. And so he tapped the driver on the shoulder and asked him a question. And as soon as he did, the driver jerked the wheel actually ran into a light post and, and stopped just inches away from a storefront window. Well, the passenger at that moment, he, he uh, was thinking to himself, oh, and making sure everybody's okay. And he was like, then immediately said, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for that. I did not mean to scare you. Didn't mean to scare you. I, I, I was just going to ask you a question. And the driver looked at him and said, no, 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 that's my fault. Don't worry. This is actually my first day driving a cab. The last 25 years, I've been driving a hearse. <laughs> that would scare me too. <laughs> but as we look at 2019 and heading into 2019, there are so many different fears that we have. We have a lot of different fears. Two of my big ones uh, uh, that are just kind of the, the traditional fears is, uh, are spiders and heights. Now, for me, I'm afraid of spiders simply because I don't see them. I don't know where they are. I, I, I know they're there, and they're all over the place. They live wherever I live, and they go wherever I go, and some of them are poisonous. So I don't like that. I don't know. And I see them, I'm like, wait, is that poisonous? I don't know. Uh, And the other fear that I have is heights. And it's not so much that if I feel secure in my heights, I'm okay. But I remember when my boys were four and two years old, my wife and I took them on a Ferris wheel and thought, this is going to be great. We get to the top and it's an open Ferris wheel. It's not one of those that has a closed thing. And I'm holding on to one of my sons. And my wife's holding on to the other. And, and they're two and four. They don't know any better. They just want to see out. And I'm thinking, no, please don't. This could be traumatic for me. So, I, you know, that fear uh, that I was portraying even on my kids and on me in that moment. Uh, fears can play a lot of different roles. Uh, but there's also, you know, there's fears speaking in public or afraid of the dark or all those different things. But in the end, there are some fears that I think have even a deeper level than that. For me, two fears that I have heading into 2019 that I've been working through and praying through and looking to overcome, uh, one of them is the fear of disappointing others, I struggle with that. I want people to be happy with, with me and with what I'm doing and at work or at home or, or in any kind of capacity with my relationships. And so, on some levels, I fear that, that sometimes what I do might disappoint someone else. I, I, I know some ways that can be a good motivation for me. Some ways it can motivate me to, to do well, to work hard, and to strive to improve my relationships. On the other end, it can sometimes cause me to make decisions and have emotions control that I'm trying to do things because I want them to be happy rather than it's best. And that could be hard for me. Another fear that I have heading into 2019 is the fear of, of the future or the unknown. I know that I've talked to a lot of people and this is one that's very, very typical of most people is the fear of, of what's to come. Uh, In the past year and a half or so, I've had just some seasons of some life change and some differences of how life is different than I thought it would be. My father passed away a year and a half ago. And if some of you have had uh, uh, someone very close to you pass away, you know that changes how you looked at life. Maybe you went through Christmas this past Christmas and it was just different and you didn't know what to expect also, uh, as a parent of, of a 19 and 17-year-old, one's in college and one's on the way, and they're both driving and they don't need me like they used to, and, and the idea of what's going to come, not only fear for myself, but just the fear of the unknown of what's to come for them. What are they going to do with their future? What are they going to do with their lives? Who will who they, they marry? Where will they live? What will they become? Well, how will I get to experience that with it? What will Christmas be like in five years? And, and those kind of things begin to play a role in my thoughts. So I would love for you for just take just 20 seconds here. If you have a pen or write on your program or on your phone or somewhere, just type in, what are the fears that you have, two or three fears you have heading into 2019? So just take a second, think about that, write them down, and begin to see what they are. So for me, I think, though, a lot of the things that we struggle with is we all have fears. And one of those ideas and concepts So that sometimes we can feel shame for having fears, like I'm not supposed to be afraid. If I go to church or if I'm a Christian or if I believe in God, then I shouldn't be afraid. But the truth of it is, I think there's a myth out there and a myth I wanna just touch on briefly. And the myth is this, godly people don't struggle with fear. Because the truth of it is we all struggle with fear. We all struggle with fear in so many ways. We struggle with fear in different ways. It plays out in different times. So for us, the issue isn't Will you have worry, anxiety, or fear, but how will you respond in those times? And so for us, we're going to look at how are we going to be responding. Well, in fact, I don't know if you realize, but one of the most used phrases in the Bible uh, of advice that is given is is really kind of two phrases that are the same. One is do not be afraid, and the other is fear not. In fact, just thinking back to the Christmas season, we heard so many times the, the angels were coming, the spirit would appear and talk about the coming birth of Jesus and they would use the phrase, do not be afraid. And get, throughout the scripture, we see fear not. We see, we, hear, we see the phrase, don't be afraid. And oftentimes it's even followed up with, do not be discouraged. The idea is God understands that this is something as people, we are going to deal with, we're going to struggle with, We're going to have part of our life is that there will be some fears. The question again is, how are we going to respond to that? Some of those fears uh, that we have, uh, I think though, uh, take on a deeper level. Like I think there's some surface level fears that we know of. Like for me, it's spiders and heights, but then there's deeper ones like I talked about uh, disappointing others. But I think that that each fear kind of has a deeper level to it give you an example of a few of these fears here and see kind of what maybe the, a, a bigger root layer uh, fear might be. Uh, the, the first one here is you're not scared of the dark. You're scared of what's in it. You're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling. And that was my fear in the, the, the affairs. I was afraid of falling. I wasn't afraid of being high. I was afraid of what would happen if I fall. Uh, you're not afraid of the people around you. You're afraid of rejection. You're not afraid to love You're afraid of not being loved back. You're not afraid to let go. You're afraid to accept the reality that someone you love is gone. And you're not afraid to try again. You're afraid of getting hurt for the same reason. You see, we look at all these, all these have a layer. I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm just afraid of getting by one that's poisonous. (laughs) It's going to make me sick, or I might have problems. It, it, all of those things really play a role, but there's a deeper fear in them all. But I'd like to even go further than that and say that I really believe that all fears that we have is based upon one main fear as the root, that all of these are, are one of the main fear here. And this main fear is this, the fear that life isn't going to work out the way that I want. All worry, all anxiety, all fear is based on the idea that I think life should be a certain way, I want it to be a certain way, and if it's not, then I have fear or worry that it's going to be different than what I want, uh, And as we look at that. So, if you take a look at the list of any of the fears you wrote down, and you think about it, it comes down to that fear of, of that not working out the way you want. Maybe you put down a fear of missing out, and the fear of missing out, I'm afraid it's not going to happen the way I want, or fear of, of not being good enough, or fear of failure, or fear of the future. All of those things rest in the same fear, and that fear is that life isn't going to work out the way that I think it should. Once again, the problem isn't that we have fear, the problem is how are we going to respond? Now, the typical way that most of us respond to fear is that we want to try to regain control of that, because if I want life to work out a certain way, then I want to be in control of it. I want to take control of it. God has been working with me over the last five years, especially and showing me that one of my fears is, is, to, is that I like to take control and I create fear in me because if I don't control things and help them work out the way I want, then it kind of repeats a cycle of fear again. And so I like to control oftentimes the uncontrollable. Well, the problem with that is that we tend to try to plan out things, make things happen, control things, and when it's things that are out of our control, it doesn't work out the way we planned, does it? And then in the end, it turns around, and then we get fear again, worry and anxiety because we couldn't control it, and we see, we feel like things are out of control. Now, I've got a clip that we're gonna show in just a second from a movie called The Little Prince. It's the version of it that is, uh, has a little mom and a little girl in it, and uh, her mom is wanting her to attend this special school. The school that she believes is going to set her up for life, it's going to be there for her, and what we're going to see in this clip is how her mom is going to respond with her fear that she may be alone or not have the future that she hopes for her. And we see that this plays out in a certain way, and as you watch it, see that even after she reveals how she's going to help her daughter, the fear creeps back again at the end, and you'll see that. Here, watch this clip.
1: I call it your life plan. Life plan? Life plan. We're not leaving anything to chance. Everything's here. Oriented top to bottom, left to right. Let's take a closer look. The minute of the hour, hour of the day, the day of the week, the week of the month, the month of the year, the year of your life. Everything. Got it? Oh. It's even got a chart for all your birthday gifts, like your ninth birthday coming up. Microscope, perfect for the Worth Academy biology curriculum. It's already wrapped, Oh, Yes, wow. But for now, all your attention should be focused here, the first day of your new school. You've got 53 days of prep time, which doesn't sound like much until you break it into hours, 1,272, or minutes 76,320. Only then do you realize how much can be accomplished. You will use those minutes, hours, and days according to this. Because let's face it, you're going to be all alone out there. All alone. So, we can't afford any more mistakes like the interview. Right. You are going to make a wonderful grown-up. Thank you, Mom.
0: She is fearful that she's going to be alone or she's not going to have what she uh, wants in the future. So she's trying her best to control every single circumstance in her daughter's life in order to make sure that that fear doesn't come to be true. The problem is we all know that, of course, that's an extreme. I know none of you do that much. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, some of you probably have some nice full calendars, but I doubt it's kind of every minute of every day and all that. But the idea of the extreme of it does show us oftentimes we try so hard to control things that are out of our control. It doesn't take into consideration things that happen. As If you watch that movie, you see things happen, and it doesn't work out exactly how that they have planned. Well, that's life, isn't it? Your life today isn't exactly how you thought it was going to be a year ago. In some ways, it could be much better. In some ways, it might be different and not good or bad. In some ways, there may be some some things that aren't as good. The reality of it is, life is different, life is changes, and we can't plan every minute of the day. So, for us, we have to figure out how do we handle those changes? Now, what I am not saying is don't set goals or resolutions. I want to encourage you to set goals. I want to encourage you to set resolutions. They, 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 they say that over 50% of the, of the people who set goals work towards achieving them, and over 90-something percent of the people who write down those goals make progress on them. So I want to encourage you to set goals. This time last year, uh, I set a goal to, to lose weight. I lost over 40 pounds on a health plan that really worked for me and my family. And, and uh, my mom lost 40 pounds. And, and we began to set goals and do things that helped work. And so I know a lot of times in the new year, the big thing is, all want right, gonna lose weight. i want to lose weight. Yep, make plans to do that. I don't, I don't think that maybe the best plan would be to go on the Krispy Kreme diet. It doesn't work as well as some people might think. But the idea really is that um, what goals are you gonna set to eat better? Or maybe it's to improve yourself. Maybe some goals to really improve yourself at work or at school. Uh, maybe there's some things you didn't set, uh, goals you didn't achieve, and things you might need to do. Maybe it's getting up earlier and studying, or maybe it's, it's getting up early and preparing for, for something, or, or maybe it's, it's, it's doing some things to just improve yourself and listening to some podcasts or some teachings or, 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 or some things like that to improve. Or maybe there's some goals you want to set spiritually. Maybe it's, I wanna get back into reading God's word and, and, see, and putting that as a priority for me. And so you wanna set goals like that or spending time praying with your family or praying uh, more often. And so set those goals, do those things. Those are things that you, you have some control over. And the things that we have some control, well, let's set goals. Let, let's make resolutions. Let's strive to improve those areas because I think those are valuable. But what we're really talking about here today are the things that are kind of out of our control, the things that we try to, to pull in that create worry and anxiety and fear in our lives that we're missing out on. And so for us, really, the answer to that that I want us to really key on is this, is that when we face those few things and we try to take control, the answer for us is this, is this for us to give up and let God be God, to give up and let God be God, Just as we saw the video earlier talking about giving up, the idea here is this may seem contrary to what we've been taught our whole life. Wait a minute, give up? You're telling me to give up? Heck yeah, I'll give up. No, it's the idea, no, I've been told my whole life I want to never give up, right? It's contrary to belief. The truth of it is there are things we should not give up on and there's things that we should give up on. It's learning what are the right things to give up. If you want to lose weight, you have to give up eating unhealthy food. If you want to get stronger, you have to exercise and work harder. If you want to improve skills in, in, in your life, you have to work on those skills. And you have to give up doing things that are keeping you from achieving those skills. And so we have to look at that and see. But for us today to focus on this idea of giving up and letting God be God, there's really two questions that I want us to answer to help us understand what this really means as we unpack this. The first one is, what must I give up? What must I actually give up? And the second is, what does it mean to let God be God? The, the first idea here, the main thing we need to give up is that we need to give up our idea of what our life must be like. Now, if our biggest fear is that our life won't turn out the way we want it to, then what we have to begin to see is, is that we need to give up this idea of what life must be like for us. If it's not like this, if it doesn't turn out the way that I want it, how do we feel? Uh, how do we, we respond? Because oftentimes is we've got this idea of what life has to be like. And so we need to be given this idea that it has to be a certain way. And what we're going to talk about in a little bit more is, is the letting God be God and how we replace that idea with something even better. Uh, but in that, that idea is, is that we think about our fears. There's some very deep fears here in our life that we have. Some deep fears that root in our lives and we can cling tightly on to making things happen. Well, fear of being alone or the fear of, of not having the job you want or the fear of, of not having the relationship the way that you want it can drive our decisions and emotions and we can cling on to making sure it's got to be this way. And when we do that, we can oftentimes miss maybe what God really has going on. And so for us, we need to begin to say, all right, God, if you have a different plan, what is it? When I was a senior in high school, I had my entire life planned out before me. I had my life plan. I was going to go major in business. I was going to get a business degree. I was going to work in that, in that area. And I was going to, um, you know, get married right out of college, have kids, be involved in my church, but is focusing on business. I remember my senior year going down, uh, uh, Someone we had someone guest speak and, and they, they said, hey, come and pray if you want to be praying over anything. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't know that I've really prayed over my future. And I was a uh, 17-year-old kid, and so I went down and I prayed. I said, God, if, I've got my life figured out. I think this is the plan I want to have. This is the direction I'm going. But if you want to change that, do it. Show me. And over the course of the next six months, God shifted and changed, and I, 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 I started heart and passion to want to make a difference in life with uh, others by working in, in churches and ministry in that way. And so that's why I'm here today because I stopped for just that moment to pray and say, God, what is it that you have for me? It's different than what I thought my idea was, but it was what God had for me. And so I began to follow in that, that path. But the problem with that is oftentimes there's also the idea that, that when things don't work out well, what do we do with that? What about the idea that I want things to be comfortable? I want things to be, be at peace at my home. Oh, those are good things, aren't they? Yeah, we should want those. I'm not saying don't want them, but what happens when they don't work out the way we think? My idea is that, wait a minute, if it doesn't, I've got to take control and I got to make it work out this way instead of stopping and saying, maybe God's got something else he's doing in that moment that I might be missing. James talks about this in chapter one. He says, uh, verse two, he says, "'Consider it a great joy, my brother's, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, uh, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. The idea here is God understands as we go through hard things, he is making us more like him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't love the going through the hard things part. <laughs> I'm not a fan, you know, I, I prefer to just know those things. I would prefer to just just be, be where God wants and my character to become more like him without having to go through the hard things. But the reality of it is, that's what makes us who we are. As I look back on my years at college and my young years uh, in those areas, I began to see I went through some really hard moments, but I wouldn't trade those in because they shaped me and helped me become who I am today. And I love that. I love that those hard moments, maybe who are, I hate those hard moments. I hated going through them, but God used those to make me who, who I was. And if my idea of life wanted to be comfortable was so strong, I could have rejected that idea and just tried to, to push through and ignore it. And I might've missed all that God had for me. And that's where I think we look at Romans eight twenty eight, And this verse is oftentimes misunderstood, but I wanted to really use this verse today because I think it, it hits where we wanna go. And that is idea we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what this is not saying is all things work according to the good that we want at the time that we want it. What this is saying is God will use it for good. And the idea and definition of good may be different than our understanding of what good is. And that's where I think sometimes we struggle. I'm not just praying and saying, all right, God, I'm following you, so now make this happen the way that I want. I'm praying, God, as I'm going through this hard time, what is it is that you want in my life? What is it is that you're doing? What is it that you see happening six months from now, five years from now, that because I'm going through this, life is going to be a little bit better there than if I didn't go through this today? And for us, what if we trusted God in those moments more of those hard moments and said, God, I know it's not working out the way that I want. I know I have fear that it's not happening the way I want and worry and anxiety. But God, in those moments, what if I give up my idea that it has to be the way that I want and begin to see God, you're doing something really cool and important there. And as we do that, that's the process of answering the second question of letting God be God. You see as we begin to shape our idea of what our life should be like we begin to say all right god what should my life be like let me trust you let me give up this idea that life has to be this way and let me trust you now let you be god of my life let you play the part in my life of being in control when when i i don't need to i'd much rather have you in control of my future than me trying to fix it because when i get in there and try to fix it myself and I fail, and it doesn't work the way I want, I hit this vicious cycle, and it happens again and again. And I realize, well, what was I doing? God, maybe am I missing what you have for me there? And in that moment of letting God be God, I, I refer back to one of the passages that was kind of my life verse as I was going through high school college, and uh, a verse that I've memorized and love and thought about uh, almost every day. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I encourage you to take time, maybe even this new year, and memorize this verse. It's a great verse. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right path. And this idea here, knowing that I'm trusting God in the moments when it doesn't make sense, because that's the time that fear builds up, isn't it? when we don't know what's happening, we don't understand what's happening, we see something different. And so this tension builds, anxiety builds, worry builds, fear builds. And I need to say, God, I don't understand what's happening, but you've got something here. Maybe you're going to use this moment and this time to help me become more like you. Maybe you're gonna use it so that I can help someone else who's going through a hard time. Maybe you're gonna do something that I didn't expect. And if, because if our fears are really based on this idea of life working out the way that I think it should, well, we're gonna all struggle when it doesn't work out, aren't we? We're gonna have a hard time with it. So instead, what if we, we, we say, God, let our circumstances be what, what you want. Let me come in line with what you want. Let me help to understand what you're doing so that I can use this moment and know that God, if it's not right or good or the way that I think in my mind is good, it's going to be okay. And, and when I use the phrase okay, I want you to understand this idea of okay doesn't mean that it's going to work out the way I want. Uh, about four years ago, my family and I went to uh, a, a church that was serving a dinner for homeless and uh, poverty level people on Christmas. And we wanted to do something different on Christmas. So we had our Christmas that morning, that afternoon. We didn't have family in town or anything. It was just us. So we decided to go to uh, this church to help serve Homeless people, and there's a lady that I'd been a part of a ministry that I'd I'd seen over the years, and and, the last couple years there, and helped her with some progress as she was homeless. But uh, once again, she was struggling. I remember she was sitting there, and we sat down, and I was with someone else, and and they said, "You know, it's going to be okay." And she looked at the person, and she said, "You can't promise that. You can't promise it's going to be okay." And I said, "You're right." I said. We can't promise that it's going to be okay the way that we think it should be okay. But what we can promise is that God is going to walk you through that. Because of what Jesus has done in our world, our life, he's overcome the world. And for me, this, uh, the verse here in, in John sixteen thirty three really hits home with that. And, 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 and Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have Peace. You see, we can have peace when we're not okay if we understand that God is doing something in those moments. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous, I've conquered the world. And this, I, I, knowing that, that we can have peace, that's hope. That's where we wanna be in 2019. We wanna have that hope. We wanna have that peace. We wanna have that. We wanna be courageous and stand strong in the face of our fears because we know God is doing something really cool. The key to this though is first and foremost and, and, and Jesus overcoming the world and, and helping us walk through this is we've got to have a relationship with Christ. That's the first and foremost is you need to have a relationship with Christ. If you're here today and you're not sure of that, that relationship, I wanna encourage you to know that, that God created us to be with him. He created us to live in a relationship with him so he could walk through those hard times, those dark times, those struggles, those hurts, those pains. So he walked through the joy and, 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 and that time with us as well but he created us to be with him. But unfortunately, uh, our sin separated us from God. God is a holy God, and we're not. We're not perfect, we've sinned. Anything apart from what God desires is what we call sin. It's missing the mark on what God desires for us. And because of that, holy God can't live with sinful people. And there's a chasm, There's there's a broken relationship. And so our natural tendency, like in all things, is to try to control that and fix that ourselves. The problem is I can't fix that by being good enough. I can't, because I'm already owe a debt. Of, of, of already, I'm already sinful. I can't, if I were to be perfect from this day forward, it doesn't make up for the fact that I've, I've messed up and I've sinned and I've done things contrary to what God wants last week, last month, last year. And so because of that, I can't fix this problem myself. But the good news is there's hope in Jesus because he's overcome the world. He actually, God, in Christmas, we hear he came to earth for a reason. So he could live a perfect sinless life and then he could die in our place. And so Jesus paid the price for our sin by dying and rising again. His life, resurrection and life conquered death. And so when God looks at me and says, Kevin, why should you? I let you into heaven? I'm a holy God and you've sinned. My answer is you shouldn't. There's no reason you should let me into a relationship with you. There shouldn't because I'm sinful and you're holy. But God, I'm trusting in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, that he is perfect and he's died in my place. Would you accept his death as payment for me? And God would say, yes, absolutely, I will. Anyone who trusts in Jesus Christ alone will have everlasting life with God. And that's the hope that I wanna carry on into the new year that my hope rests in Christ, my future rests in Christ. If I have the fear of dying or what's to come next, my fear can be resolved by the truth that Jesus is that answer. And for those of us today here that already have a relationship with Christ, it continues with trusting in God day by day, moment by moment in our worries, our anxieties, and our fears knowing that God knows what's best, knowing that God knows things that we don't know, knowing that he can see things that's happening to us and how we can grow and become more like him that we don't always see. Isaiah 55, eight and nine says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. To me, that's comforting. Because I know I don't know enough to fix the things that I'm not in control of. But I know God knows enough to help me walk through those moments, to help me learn more about who He is, to help me to help other people in these tough times. And you know what? When we give up and let God be God, that doesn't mean life is gonna work out perfectly. Doesn't mean things are gonna happen the way we want. Doesn't mean it's always gonna be good. But what it does mean is I start the process of giving up my idea that life has to be a certain way so when it doesn't, I don't try to grab control and, and move that way, but instead, what I realize is that my life can be what God wants. I want my desires to be in line with what God desires for me. Because when I desire what God wants for my life, then I do have the life that I want. I do have those things. I do have, uh, the fears begin to be erased because what I want is what God wants. And if it's not comfortable today, I'm okay with that. because. I know that God's doing something really cool in those moments. So for me, there's really a prayer that I've prayed oftentimes in my life. I wanted to to encourage you. uh, You can write this down. You can take notes on this. You can pray this prayer. I encourage you, make a resolution this year. Make a resolution to improve your life in a lot of ways. Uh, Focus on your health or focus on becoming a better person or your spiritual growth. Focus on all those things. But really, I wanna encourage you to make a resolution to pray this prayer every day. And I want to pray it with us right here uh, together. So, So if you would, let's pray. God, help my desires to be in line with your desires. Help me trust in your ways. Give up my idea of what life should be like and let you be God of my life. You see, we love you and we know that you know what's best for our life. Let us trust in you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. So for us, if we begin to pray that, we begin to walk through the process of giving up, God, I'm gonna give up the way that I think my life should be. I want you to replace that with what you have for me because I know what you have for me is better because your ways are better than my ways, your thoughts are bigger than my thoughts. And I can trust you when I don't understand. And so God, I want to walk through and let you be God because God, I don't wanna be playing the part of God in my own life. I wanna give up that idea and allow you to be God in my life and God in the areas where I need, and I wanna trust in you. Because you know what, the end, this life really never was about me. It's always been about God. It's always been about who he is and loving others and being a part of his story. My story doesn't take center stage in the straight stories of all of humanity. My story is a part of God's story that he's using to help others and make a difference, people to know him and experience in him. And so for us, we can walk through life knowing that I've got fears. You will have fears. You will have worry and you will have anxiety. But when they come, stop and ask yourself, God, what is it that I'm really afraid of? What about my life that I'm worried that's not gonna work out the way that I think it it should? God, help me trust in you in the unknown. Help me trust in you and realize, God, you've got a plan for me. And if we do that, we'll see some great things happen. Well, hopefully today you were encouraged and you can walk out of here and know that if you give up, you can let God be God and you see big things. Next week, uh, Tim is gonna be starting a new series called Engage, and it's when we're gonna walk together about how we can work together uh, to grow ourselves uh, spiritually, to be a part of that spiritual growth process in our lives and, and work together on that. I think it'll be exciting to see how we can do that here at The Ridge together. Uh, thank you so much, and we hope to see you uh, next week. Thanks.